Thank you, Dark Sky listeners. Uh, my name is Marnie Ogg, and today I'm conversing with Chris Tuggle, who's a South Australian man based in Adelaide, uh, a film writer, a land care worker, and really a Dark Sky entrepreneur. His love and passion to make things happen is completely evident in this conversation. Uh, and it's his connections with local government, tourism providers, technical assistance, and, and the general community that have really made a small patch of private land turn from scrapland to Australia's first dark sky reserve on the Murray River, about 90 minutes out of uh, the capital of South Australia in Adelaide. So I um, love chatting with Chris because his conservation efforts have really expanded this area and really made it a number one tourist destination for everyone to get to. And I think it's absolutely admirable. So join us as you may also be inspired to create another dark sky space. Thank you. Hi. With a flick of a switch, we turn night to day and day to night. We can change seasons, actions and states of mind. Light is everywhere. Used endlessly and very much a part of our modern world. But what is it? How do we use it? And how is it changing our environment and our behaviours? A Starfield Sky used to be our evening's entertainment. Now it's Netflix, iPads or even a podcast. When was the last time you looked at the night sky? I'm Marnie Ogg and this is Dark Sky Conversations, the podcast that brings people and science together to shed light. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Who knows what time of the day you're listening to this podcast. Maybe it's at night given it's Dark Sky Conversations. But today my guest is Chris Tugwell and I've always said that the best way to ask somebody about what they do in life is to get them to do it themselves. So Chris, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got to be involved in Dark Skies. It's a bit of a long journey, but I'll give you the short version. Um I actually started, I trained as an actor and dancer. Um, so I worked in the theatre for quite a long time. And um, because the, the arts are always crazy, um, you can be in work for quite a while and then suddenly it stops. Um, and yeah. um, so I became a teacher and I worked in um, Wyala, which is a regional city in South Australia. Um, I loved teaching. It was uh, fantastic. But um, I felt the call for um, the acting part of my life. I didn't want to give it a miss completely. And so I came back to, to Adelaide and worked in youth theatre mostly, um, performing in schools, doing uh, shows for primary school kids, doing um, tours into uh, country towns all over the state. Um, and that's how I got involved in writing eventually. I uh, started writing theatre. Um, the plays and so on for young young performers for uh, young audiences. Fabulous. Um, uh. And so that was sort of the the writing journey. And um, uh, my partner and I, she's a psychiatric nurse, and um, we've always been interested in the environment. And um, we decided uh, back in the nineties to for, try and find um, a, you know a block of land, something to do some revegetation, some regeneration of um, uh, somewhere that really needed it. And um, we were looking for 10 acres and we uh, somehow ended up with 350. Um, 
And this was on the River Murray, <laughs> uh, on top of the cliffs at a, at a place called Big Bend. Um, and um, it is a place where the night sky is absolutely extraordinary. And so we've sat around uh. you know, bush fires, um, camp, campfires, um, looking at the stars there and just thinking, this is amazing. And then I heard about the dark sky um, movement um, and um, because uh -huh. of our revegetation re re work and so on, we, I'd got involved in land care and I got onto the committee of uh, the Mid-Murray Land Care Committee and um, suggested to them that we might be able to do something about creating some kind of dark sky place in the region. Um, and um, I thought they'd think I was crazy and just say, you know, forget about it. Um, but they didn't. They said, <laughs> great idea, go off and see what you can do. Um, and that's actually around about when you and I met because I came to the conference in, uh, in Siding Springs, and, uh, um, which I found an incredibly <laughs> inspiring event. And um, part of that uh, gave us the impetus to talk to the council, get them motivated. They've been absolutely amazing. Midcombe Council have been really extraordinary in supporting this and so what we've ended up with is a three and a half thousand square kilometer dark sky reserve <laughs> which is kind of bigger than i imagined in the beginning but um it it's a combination of um townships um conservation parks um private land pastoral land all sorts of um, all sorts of different areas come under this um the uh, dark sky reserve and that involves, um, as you know, uh, council adopting um, dark sky policies, um, lighting management plans, and so on. Um, so it's been an extraordinarily uh -huh. complicated uh, journey. I've learned things I never thought uh -huh. I needed to know. Um, but I think one <laughs> of the things, going back to the arts, um, is I think I, what I've found is... Um, the way that people argue about or, or discuss art projects is always to see the positives in it and to say, this is going to be fantastic, uh, you'll love it. And okay. um, the dark sky people that I talked to at the beginning were always saying, oh, light pollution is really bad, you've got to do something about it. And most yes. people you've talked yeah. to mm -hmm. haven't even heard about light pollution. So... You've got to start. But they have heard of the night sky. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> they have heard they of stars and planets. They can see. Yeah. They don't see the two. They, they haven't um, given it any thought um, that there is an impact right. between what they do and and um, the uh, darkness. Yeah. So, yeah. What? So let's pull that 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 process apart yeah. a little bit. So you you got your block of you were looking for your block of ten yeah. acres and then got three hundred and fifty. Yeah. Um, and and so were you already involved with land care then? No, was that, was that or it was afterwards that you got involved? Well, with we land were care. looking mm. for a way to actually do some revegetation. We first got involved with trees for life, and we started mm -hmm. planting seedlings and so on. But when you're dealing with a property that size, um, planting um, seedlings by hand is really hard work, especially the property that we ended up with has sheet limestone. Um, across it, and uh, that makes digging holes incredibly difficult. Um, so mm -hmm. we heard about uh, some funding that was available through Landcare to do direct seeding. 
So we did. Mm -hmm. um, we we applied for some funding for that. Um, we got uh, money to do ten kilometers worth of direct seeding, which sounds like a lot, um, and that was done um, in one year. And then we went back and said, "Can we have some more?" And they said yes. And for eight years in a row, <laughs> they gave us money. So we've done 80 kilometers worth of direct seeding on our property. So that's... And that was when? When, when did you start doing um, that? That was, that was what, early? Approximately um, 2005, I think, maybe. So most okay. of that seeding... So you were developing this relationship with, with a few different parties. You were sort of revegetating. Re 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 and, and what had degenerated the land was it grazing it was a sheep was it... station what? um it had been it oh, no, had no. had uh, sheep on it for over a hundred years um so it was there, um. there was we call the property three trees um because we have three magnificent 500 year old mallee trees on the property and that was about all there was mm -hmm. um everything else was oh, wow. sort of below mm. ankle height um it was really mm. uh terribly abused so we felt it needed a okay. bit of loving care and a bit of um a bit of help because there wasn't any and how far away is that from sorry go on yep sorry go ahead there's a bit of a lag here yeah how far i was going to ask how far away is this from town from adelaide if i wanted to go out and see two it hours now? yeah it's about 120 kilometers okay. only yeah um, it's not far and that's been one of the extraordinary things that in talking about this dark sky reserve is We've been able to say, look, this is 90 minutes. The middle of the reserve is 90 minutes from an international airport. You can get to somewhere that's uh. one of the darkest places in the world in no time at all um, and have a magnificent uh. experience. So that's something. Yeah. And so who have you been... Who have you been selling this to? Who have you been? Have you had international guests? Have you been able to appeal to a? Well, the yeah. local okay. um, the local tourism people are doing exactly that. Um, we've had. I mean, we got the international recognition in November um, 2019, and then of course COVID hit two months later, um, and so <laughs> we kind of ground to a halt. Um, but in, in another way, it gave us an advantage because we could prepare for when visitors started to come back again. Um, so um. tour operators and um, um, council um, people have been able to, to sort of get their heads around this as a, as a concept. They love the idea. They can see the advantages of it. Um, they can understand that, you know, to an to see the night sky, you have to stay at least one night. Um, so that uh -huh. means you've got to have, you know, a meal or accommodation and all of those other things that come with it. And so there are tour people who've set up some fantastic experiences for people. One of the nicest things is that we have inside the reserve um, a, a conservation park called Nort Nort which is um, an Aboriginal site that has been occupied um, for more than 6,000 years. Um, and it has, it's right on the banks of the river, and it has carvings mm. in, the, in the cliffs which show the phases of the moon. And so this is a place oh, where wow. you can say, you know, the people have been observing the stars for 6,000 years, which is pretty mm. impressive. It's a it is, it yeah. is. 
And I think one of the things we've, we've uh, it is absolutely amazing. I, and I have to admit, I haven't been there yet, so no. I'm going to have to get my way yeah. down there. But I, I, um, one thing we haven't sort of mentioned to people who might be listening to this from other places around the world is is this is on the Murray River, which is a really famous, really important part of Australian culture for tens of thousands yes. of years. And and yeah. And and to sort of preserve that part of Australia, not just during the day, but during the night as well, is is a fabulous feat. The and, the yeah. interesting thing I've noticed is that the people haven't really ever thought about the the night sky as an asset. They haven't actually seen yeah. it as part of the environment, even. Um, so so uh, when you can talk about it as in that in that way, uh, people begin to sort of switch on they they understand they get yeah. it and and um and that's been a wonderful thing the community support has been extraordinary we got about 80 support letters for our um application to the dark sky association uh, and that included just um general public um progress associations schools um we got even um a letter from uh, Professor Brian Schmidt, the um, Nobel Prize winner. Um, so we had a massive range of uh, of support. It wasn't just astronomers; well, it was the community as well. That's amazing. And, and, and so you, you you talk about the impact, well, the, the the actions that the council went through and and helped you, and 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 they've been supportive. So what what did you do to engage them into that? You know, because you could easily. Often they, you know, you talk about reducing light and they immediately turn around and say, oh, safety concerns yep. and blah, blah, blah. Why do you think they embraced it? Why, and, and was it a long process to, to get them on board? It wasn't actually. Um, uh, the first meeting I had with the council person, um, uh, before I'd even sat down in the room, they said, before we start, I just want you to know I think this is a fantastic idea. So. <laughs> Uh, that was our starting point. And so I think they could already see the the way they were looking at it is that um, there are a number of communities across this area, a, a dozen very small towns that have basically no tourism infrastructure at all. And what they could see, uh, the council could see that we've got all of these little towns that do really well along the river, you know, they get the um, Easter, New Year, you know, the um, fantastic uh, water sports, all of that sort of stuff, um, canoeing, you name it. Um, but the townships away from the river don't get any of that. Um, and they could see that the Dark Sky Reserve could bring that into these tiny towns, which are really dark. It's one of those things that... Yeah because they're naturally uh -huh. small places. And so they could see a big opportunity um, for those townships. And as you say, extend the people stay who are staying at, they're all going to the river and doing all those things. You know, you, you, it's one of the biggest things that I talk about when I try and pitch to different places around Australia to, to become dark sky is that, you know, you do, you have... As you said, you've immediately got an extra night. You've got longer, you know, longer stays because people probably are sleeping in. They want to have breakfast and all the rest yep. of it. So exactly, yeah, that's yeah. right. And also, Ooh. it gives yeah. people another. Um, it's another market. 
um, for for people to um, to promote if they're running a, a, a tourism business. They add this on to. Um, I mean, one of the things that's been um, really quite exciting. You wouldn't expect this, um, but um, real estate agents are now advertising that this property is inside the Dark Sky Reserve, um, and so. It's got the, that sort of kudos now for even... Um, that's absolutely fabulous. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I just think it's amazing what you've done down there. And in many ways, you know, I'll, I'll definitely take my hat off to you because I don't know how you've done it, but there's such a, um, a buzz down there where people are really getting involved. And, in, you know, I've, I've seen things like limousine dark sky transfers so you know you've got the you can look at this you sit in the back of the car and look up at the stars as you go through and i just think you know this is great there's a real entrepreneurial spirit there yeah. there's an interest in engaging with it um and I, yeah yeah i think of all the dark sky places in australia which is only three <laughs> um you're definitely the group that have taken it and and run with it and really made it a destination. I've been very, yeah, very yeah. Uh -huh. um, excited by the response. I mean, for example, um, the um, Tourism Commission here um, decided to promote the reserve by painting a tram um, in Adelaide running through the city centre and um, um, had dark sky images all over the tram. Um. And that was running so, along um, around um, Adelaide streets for six months last year, and um, uh, our local school, which is only I don't know forty students perhaps, um, the senior students uh, decided uh, when Queen Elizabeth died, they wanted to go down to Adelaide to write in the mem in memorial book that was at uh, Government House. Um, Government House in Adelaide is on North Terrace. Um, the tram goes along North Terrace, and they okay. they were going to catch a tram, and which one should show up? But the Dark Sky tram, and so these kids from the Dark Sky Reserve got to travel on the Dark Sky tram, and I just think that's so oh. stunning. Um, they can yeah. see that they live somewhere special. And it's right there. Yes. It's in the streets of Adelaide. Uh, it's a really, yeah. really that's special thing. That's something that's being thing. celebrated. Uh, so my next project yeah. is to I create think, an arts yeah. festival. And so uh, oh. the Dark Sky Arts Festival is my next term. Because, of course, that's where I come and is, from. Yes. Well, that would... Uh, I, I, and I think that's the thing is that, that we need to find different ways to speak to different yeah. audiences. You know, we... I think it's there's there's definitely what uh, mm. we talk very well between each other about how we create dark sky yep. places and the benefits of it, etc. But we're all singing from the same, so you know, same pages. And what we actually need to do is get out and then talk to different people and get other people yeah. involved. And things like the arts would be fabulous. Uh, have you seen have you seen that um, festival? And I think it's somewhere. It must be somewhere in the centre of America because it's in the desert and they have all these night installations which are basically, there's nothing lit up, of course, but you're actually using the starlight to look through the installation up to the night sky and getting the, the silhouette of it. Wonderful. I can't remember where it is, but 
Uh, and that's the yeah. idea. We're going to do a test run this year. Where, well, I hope if we get the funding, that is. Um, yeah. We're going uh, to um, to try a music in the dark event, um, which is based on the Antikythera mechanism, which I don't know if you know about. No, which is wow, a, yes, but you could explain it to our audience. It's an yeah. ancient device yeah. which predicts the movement of the sun and the planets. Um, it was. Uh, it was made more than 2,000 years ago, which is absolutely astonishing, um, and was found in a shipwreck um, off the coast of that small island of Antikythera in, uh, in the Greek islands. Um, and um, there's a, um, two musicians in uh, South Australia at the Elder Conservatorium who've created a work that is based on the sort of randomness of the the mechanism so that if for example Jupiter is rising on the particular night of the performance then the Jupiter part of the music will play and so on so each night the music will be different each night depending on um, what's in the sky you'll get a totally different experience so something goodness, like that I wow. think would be mm, really mm. really stunning and we've already got Tell our first thought, or, um, artwork I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, we, no, no, okay. Um, yeah. There's a very boring thing in uh, in Adelaide called the Manham to Adelaide Pipeline. Um, it's a it's a concrete pipeline that goes all the way from the river to Adelaide, and it's been supplying water for I don't know sixty years. And for about sixty years, people have been saying we should really paint that thing. It's really ugly. Um, and Just look last year. Uh, we managed to get some funding through the um, through SA Water, and and also Dulux providing the paint. Um, we got to get the first um, dark sky mural painted on the uh, on the pipeline. So we've done about five hundred meters, but uh, there's still a lot to go. <laughs> how much? How, what? How how many oh, kilometers? Tens of kilometers? Yeah, you've got a to fair go. bit yeah. further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you better start somewhere. Yeah. That's amazing. You're listening to Dark Sky Conversations with Marnie Ong. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Yeah, all I was going to say before was tell me when you get when you have the uh, Antikythera playing and I'll bring a group down. That oh, would yes. Be fabulous. Well, yes. To... We're hoping later yeah. this year. Um and okay. we okay. we yeah. will um, we're hoping to actually have a, a replica of the Antikythera mechanism on display as well. Mm, great. So great. it's it's exciting. So for, yeah, it is. And and I, and would you say you're the main driver behind this, or are there now you know little groups of you doing all sorts of amazing projects? Well, or? I um, I when I started this, I didn't know I didn't even know you could measure the darkness. Um, that's, I didn't uh, didn't know anything about the scientific side of of dark sky stuff. I just thought it was a neat idea, um, and I thought you know it was pretty dark. But I have managed to over this time be introduced and worked with a bunch of astronomers and scientists who've been doing all of this for a very long time, and proved that. You know, this is really as astoundingly dark. 
So I think we've sort of right. played off each other really well, I think. Um, the Astronomical Society has been uh, promoting the reserve now to its members, and they've been saying it's one of the best places to see the stars um, that they know of. So, you know, from that sort of scientific side, it's nice to have it confirmed. You know, it was just an instinct mm. in my mind. And I... Uh, I remember talking to one of the people at the council, one of the people at the at, uh, just at the front desk, and and she said, "I thought people could see the Milky Way. I see it out of my back door every night, doesn't everyone?" And you know, when you yeah. say no, they can't. And Jace, she said, "Oh, those mm. poor people." <laughs> so yeah. you know, well, what we yeah. have is special. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's going back to the comment that you made before that. And I think um, you, you commented that we don't see the night sky as an asset. And I think that that's partly because most of Australia, you know, even in Sydney, you probably only have to drive a couple of hours out of Sydney to see a fairly good dark sky, you know, yeah. um, compared, comparatively, particularly with any of the, the Northern Hemisphere countries, et cetera. But we've taken it for granted and we just can't. We can't let it disappear. You know, it's a, it's a natural resource that we are very, very fortunate to yeah. have and hopefully, yeah, we can preserve most of it and even turn some of the bad sites backwards and make it... Well, yeah. I've been very fortunate to, um, to visit Taiwan. My, 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 I said earlier my partner's a psychiatric nurse but she's also a textile artist and um, she's been teaching workshops in various places, including Japan and, and more recently Taiwan. And because I was talking to our Taiwanese friends about the Dark Sky Reserve, because that's what I do whenever I go anywhere, um, yeah. uh, they took us to um, the mountains in Taiwan. They took us to a, a um, an open-air restaurant called Gateway to the Galaxy, and that was on the top of a mountain, very good low lighting, um, wonderful place. And we saw four stars. <laughs> it was a clear night. There was no moon. And yeah. then when our friends came from Taiwan here, uh, we took them up to our place on the river and they were literally speechless. Um, one of them right. said... I thought you could only see this many stars from space. So that's yeah. the thing. We've got this yeah. massive opportunity to teach people in the, you know, in, in in China, in Asia, Japan, all of those people can fly direct to Adelaide. And, you know, in ninety mm. minutes they can have the most extraordinary experience. I I've spoken to one of the tour operators who um, does tours just literally down the road from our property. Um, and he um, does spotlighting for, you know, native animals, wombats, kangaroos, and so mm -hmm. on. And he makes a point every time of stopping and turning the lights off so that people can see the stars. And some people burst into tears because they've yes. never seen mm -hmm. it. They've, it. It's so completely beyond what they expect. So it really is a very, mm -hmm. very special experience. It is awe-inspiring, yeah. and it, it is that. It's, I, I was very fortunate to hear a beautiful piece of music the other night, and 
the acoustics were so fabulous and, and we were completely immersed in this sound. And it was probably the first time in my life that I literally had goosebumps and and you know the the hairs on my neck standing up, and I had tears running down my face, and I was thinking, this is how I've seen people react to the night sky. It's just a, it's a completely body sensation of something over overtaking it is, your body. It's overwhelming. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that kind yeah. of explains that you know it has taken over my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't. Ex- are you still writing scripts and things, scripts, uh, or are you doing any movie when? stuff? Is it, the, the, the youth work? Yeah. All ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm. Yeah. Um, I'm attempting to write a novel at the moment. So, yeah. Oh. So it mm. it has dark sky yeah. elements in it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think it's right. It once. It's a bit like taking the blue pill in the Matrix, isn't it? All the red pill. Once you've done it, you can't. You just can't turn back from. You know, you want to talk to people about dark skies and the benefits, and because they're so wide reaching. Well, I've had and such then, fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've made so many wonderful connections because of it, um, and um, learned so much. I mean, for example, um, one of the first people I was introduced to was Andrew Cool, who. Um, uh, has been measuring the darkness in this region um, for 30 years. Um, he happens to have a um, brother-in-law who's got a property not far from where we are, and he's been going there and measuring the darkness um, all that time. I contacted the Victorian Dark Sky Association originally. This is the first thing I did when I started because I didn't know anyone else to contact. And they said, Mm-hmm. There's two people you should talk to. One is Andrew Cool, and the other is Martin Lewicky. Martin runs the planetarium at uh, Mawson Lakes in Adelaide. And both of them um, agreed uh, amongst themselves. Well, firstly, they had this discussion saying, who is this guy? Anybody ever heard of him? Is he an astronomer? And they're going, no. Should we trust him? Oh, well. So they gave me the benefit of the <laughs> doubt. Um, and I'm really glad they did. And then Andrew said to me, well, I've got this mate, Don. He's just taken up astronomy. He's got a place on the router. He might be able to help. And I thought, that doesn't sound very promising. You know, I'm a beginner. Mm. Do we need another beginner? Well, Don turned out to be Don Bursall, who is the (laughs) chief scientist of South Australia. Um, Yes. A former chief scientist. He's retired now. Um, But his access and his knowledge in uh, getting into government departments and so on and who to approach and when and all of that sort of stuff, that's been really invaluable. And so, you know, getting that uh, sort of the trust that people had given me to um, to say, okay, well, you write the you you write all the stuff. We'll take all the measurements and stuff. <laughs> and and to well, that it sounds like the perfect collaboration, yeah. isn't it? Really, you know, you you've got the way with the words. You've you've you know, you've got someone in there who knows government. You've got someone there that knows yeah. the science. And we had the complete yeah. backing yeah. of mm. of the council as well. Um, I uh, I've spoken to to councillors and they've said to me, you know, when the dark sky thing comes up, it's the only thing we all agree on. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's you know, fabulous. Yeah, that complete support. Um, and trust has been absolutely wonderful. 
um, and it's still going on. You know, one of the things that's happened mm. is we, because we have the um, the space agency based in Adelaide, um, there are space industries, space businesses setting up um, and looking for locations for their equipment. Um, and they need dark mm. places, they need radio silent places. And we had one, uh, one um, facility has already been built just on the boundary of the reserve, um, and it's a $5 million um, facility. And that is going to bring mm. in work, it's going to bring in um, um, opportunities for local people. And that's one of the things I think, you know, young people um, at the local area school um, can think of a career that's going to keep them in the area. You know, they can have a scientific career yeah. if that's what they want and stay, you know, stay on the river. They don't have to leave. And it might not be science. It might exactly. be tourism. It might be cultural connection. It could be all those that's other right. benefits as exactly. well. Yeah. And, um, mm. and so those opportunities are, uh, are growing all the time. It, it's very exciting. Um, yeah. Well... I think on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it up. But I have to say, you know, all kudos to you and your team of supporters because not only have you created a future for the, you know the next generation of Star Watchers out that out there, but you know you, you you created Australia's first dark sky reserve in an area that was you know denuded land that needed you know a bit of TLC, and you've brought heart and and soul back to it. So. Thank, thank you, you. Marty. Thank you um, for all your hard work. It means a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I, um, I am very proud of it. Um, but um, I think seeing your example, knowing it was possible, that was something that uh, uh, helped a lot to um, say how we could go about it, you know, the things that yeah. we still needed to yeah. do um, and and make a really good case. Um, and I think we've managed yeah. that. Uh, and I, I just can't wait for the day that we've got this network of dark sky places all around the country and that we can... Well, my yeah, long-term plan is to make South Australia a dark sky state. <laughs> Sounds like you'll have it done next oh, week, yeah. Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to finish the novel first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good luck to you. I, I don't doubt in any way, shape or form that you'll have that under your belt Thanks, before man. too long. So, Good yeah. to see you again. Thanks again for your time.